This is the Catalyst Podcast, Food for the Journey. Season 5, Episode 6. Digital Health, Part 2. Hi, I'm Michael, and welcome back to the Catalyst Podcast. So I hope you enjoyed the previous episode on digital health, as we've been looking back through my first book, Guidelines for a Holistic Happy Life, and seeing, is it still any good? <laughs> Do I still agree with it? How can we take you further on your journey and deeper into these five areas to look after your health? So before we start with part two of Digital Health, I'd like to say a massive thank you as always to our sponsor. They are the Masterclass Sessions. If you click on the link in the show notes, you can book yourself on the next monthly Masterclass Session. And if you just send me a quick email to michael at catalyst.co.uk or comment on social media with just something you enjoyed from today's podcast or from this season, you'll be entered into a draw and you've got a chance to win a whole year's subscription to the Masterclass Sessions for free. And we'll be picking um, the winner very soon after this episode. So if you'd like to win a whole year subscription, help set you up for a fantastic year of learning and development, just click on the link in the show notes. And also, as we know, my new book, Loving Leadership, is out right now. So if you click on the link in the show notes, also, you'll be able to buy yourself a copy of that too. So we've looked at physical health so far, mental health, spiritual health, your heart, your emotional health, and the final aspect of this catalytic philosophy regarding health, a holistic view on health, is digital health. So if you haven't listened to the digital health part one, uh, make sure you go back and check it out, where I was going through tips and suggestions and strategies that I suggest in the book, but also we took it deeper, didn't we? There were three extra tips about algorithms and echo chambers, spending less time on your phone. So if you've not listened to that, make sure you go back and check it out. And I'd like to take it even further today. So health warning, <laughs> if you're driving right now or if you're walking the dog or if you're chilling out at the end of a long day, you might want to do this separately. Um, but it's something you can just listen to and you can maybe you can do some answers in your head rather than write them down. But if you have access to a pen or some paper and or your digital device, you might want to do this as an exercise because I thought it might be really good. So this book was so successful in people enjoying it that I made an online course. So if you're interested in having the online course access to that, just send me a message, we can get you access to that. And this was where I first started to look deeper. So in the digital health section, there's a whole handbook and there are exercises. So I thought, well, let's go through a couple of the exercises um, in case you've never seen the online course that you can benefit from today. So we're going to start by doing a digital audit. So the idea with this is when you have an audit, you're just trying to take stock of, it might be how long you're spending on something, your numbers, you know, it comes from if you have physical stock, you, you count everything. And I thought it'd be really helpful if we could do that for you in relation to your time, because that seems to be the big exchange, isn't it? You get all this stuff digitally, but it requires your time. It requires your focus and your effort, your intention. So when I asked a lot of people over the last five, six years, some of these numbers, and the answers to some of these questions, firstly, they were shocked, um, usually negatively, to be honest, with what they find, sometimes it's positive, but what I always think is that if you have some numbers, you can work with something, you know? If you're trying to improve anything, you need to know your numbers. So let's go through some simple questions. So first question, if you wanna fill this in or just think about it, how many hours are you currently spending online in an average day? So that would include on your phone, on watching TV through the internet, browsing on the internet, being on a computer, right? Just add that all up, roughly in hours. And think in an average day, how many hours am I spending on this technology? 
So I'll help you out. I'll do mine as an example, um, and you can follow along. So mine's about five. It's quite a lot. I do a lot of work on life, my business. So it's five. So if you multiply that number by five, then you've got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, an average week. So for me, five times five is 25. For you, it might be six hours, three hours, 10 hours, one hour. So whatever that number is, you've now got your number that you spend online over five days. So the next question is, how long do you spend online at weekends, Saturday and Sunday? Now often people find they spend a little bit more time online over the weekends because they get more time to just sit and relax, watch TV, whatever, or they spend less than they do during the week because they want to be out and about with their family and, and catching up with friends. So what is that number on the weekend? You might find it's either a little bit less or a little bit more than what it is during the week. So mine is 10. So say it's 10 hours at the weekend. So if we add those two numbers together, then you'll be able to find out how much time you're spending currently online each week. So for me, it's 25, add the 10 makes 35, right? 35 hours. For you, it might be more, might be less. Now there's 160 hours in total in a week, 24 hours times seven. So there's 168 hours in a week. So I'm spending 35 of those online, right? And I work that out, that's roughly a fifth. So roughly a fifth of all my time during the week is spent engaging in technology. It's quite a lot, isn't it? So think about yours. Now, there's no judgment attached to this. It could be a lot, could be little. You might be happy with a lot of time. I knew one guy that I trained an IT engineer and he literally said, I, I go home from my IT job and I plug into the matrix. He wanted to spend more time in with digital technology, which is absolutely fine because he loves it. So it's just something to think about. Next question, where are you spending that time though? Where are you online? Is it on social media? Which particular social media apps or platforms are you on? Is it shopping? Are you on YouTube trying to learn something or be entertained? Are you on just generic game apps? Are you watching a program? Are you on some websites? But write them down. So again, if you're doing this, writing this down, it's, you just take time to write it down. If you're not, just have to think about it. I'll tell you mine. So mine are writing notes on my phone using the note app I write every single day every morning, every evening, and also extra bits throughout the day, so it's on the note app. The second one is Audible, listening to audiobooks. I try and learn as much as I can. Third one is on LinkedIn. I, if you follow Catalos or follow me on social media, you'll see I'm on different platforms. The main one is LinkedIn. It suits the kind of content I'm putting out and the people I'm talking to. And the fourth one is YouTube. I spend a lot of time trying to learn things, also just being entertained on YouTube. So once you've got those places, try and put them like I did in order in terms of what's most important to you. So for me, it's the notes first of all, then Audible, then LinkedIn, then YouTube. So the next question is to think about, well, why are you there? So you've got where you are, but why are you there? Are you, is it relaxation? You're just trying to relax. Are you trying to have some fun? Do you want to play? Are you doing some shopping? Are you trying to educate yourself? Is it something related to your religion? Sport? Are you seeking some information? You're being social with your mates. Are you bored? <laughs> so it just take some time to think about that and you could write something down or think about, you know, what do you like to do online? And how do you feel usually? You know, are you there to just talk with your mates and have a good laugh? Are you there to engage critically with somebody and you feel frustrated? <laughs> just take some time to think about why are you why are you there? If you had a five-year-old saying, why are you doing that? Or an alien come down onto this planet and say, why, why are you doing that? Why are you spending those hours? In, with those pieces of plastic, what would you say? And then the final two questions that are linked is taking all that information and just put it into three 
top places that you spend online. What are your three top places? So for me, it'd be Audible, LinkedIn, YouTube. For you, it could be anything. But what are your three favourite places to be online? And what are your three reasons for being there? Yeah. So where are you going and why are you there? Where are you going and why are you there? So I thought it'd be nice to start with that. Just give you some data. Because a lot of the time when I talk to people about digital health, they get very emotional, funnily enough. They say, oh, I spend way too much time on my phone and they get upset. Or they, they, they talk with pride about their latest piece of coding. There's a lot of emotion attached to the technology that we engage with in our lives and sometimes that can be really helpful but sometimes it can be not because there's nothing worse than not being able to see a way forward because you feel so emotional about something so i like to have data and numbers and hopefully now you've got something you can look at it and go wow that's pretty insightful or yeah i'd never really thought about that before or yeah i'm totally aware of what i'm doing i'm quite happy with it but it's something to start with right so the second thing i wanted to do is to read you a very interesting quote which I was reading only this morning and I thought I think this really sums up what I'd suggest is the second part of our health digitally going a bit deeper is to guard your mind right we've now got a walking environment you've got an environment that you can create just through having a phone with you every day on you all the time or you know having access to wi-fi that's an environment you're in a place mentally as well as physically where you've got access to something it's no longer just an environment, it is one house or one place or one country. You can take that environment with you. And that's fantastic. It can be really helpful, can't it? But it can also be really bad. If you think about cyberbullying, when people are bullied online and wherever they go online, if people follow them, it's, it's awful. So I'd suggest we need to have a guard at our mind, you know, like a bouncer on the door to a club that says, mm, no, you're not, you're not getting in here. So this is a quote that I read from a Catholic writer called Henry Nguyen. But regardless of who he is or where he comes from, I think the words, and he didn't write this in relation to digital technology, he just wrote this in relation to looking after your mind, but I think the words are really pertinent for what, what I'm trying to suggest here. So this is what he says. Do we really want our mind to become the garbage can of the world? Do we want our mind to be filled with things that confuse us, excite us, depress us, arouse us, repulse us, or attract us, whether we think it's good for us or not? Do we want to let others decide what enters into our mind and determines our thoughts and feelings? Now, I thought that was brilliant, especially the bit where he says, do we want to let others decide what enters our minds and determines our thoughts and feelings? That's something that I've been very aware of over the last few years, building relationships and clients and customers with Catalyst online, mainly through social media to start with is you can just be scrolling and just see something because of an algorithm or somebody's just programmed something. Something cool, something exciting, something terrifying. And you got to handle that, right? It's suddenly just on your newsfeed or you see that. So, whoa, a big one for that, for example, is the news. You open up Google or Bing or whatever you use, and then there's just the news there, whether you want it or not. And we've got to take the time to say, no, I don't want that as my homepage. You need to change that. So that's something I would suggest is helpful, just having a guard at your mind saying, hang on, no. I'm not letting other people program my mind because every time we take in information, even just seeing a picture or hearing a sound or watching a video, it has an impact on us. It really does. If you don't believe me, just speak to your, I don't know, if you have a child and just say what's some of your latest things. And I guarantee some of the things they'll be talking about, things they've watched on TV, things they've seen on apps, yeah, things they've seen on social media, makes a very strong impression. And I think it's easy to forget that we don't have to engage with everything algorithms can be controlled by us rather than the other way around. An easy way to do that is to unfollow and block people. But I think just because it's there, 
we forget that we don't have to engage with this stuff. So guarding your mind, thinking, would you want somebody who doesn't even know you showing you a bunch of stuff every single day, shoving it in your face? You know, imagine you had somebody following you around with a piece of paper and an image and just shoving that in your face every day. He said, go away, like, leave me alone. And that's what we do, and I, I do as well, um, to ourselves sometimes with these things. Now, if they're nice images and things we like and things we're happy with, and we, we, we're on our own terms with the amount of time we have the pieces of paper shoved in our face, then fine. But if you're thinking a, a bit like, yeah, I just, mm, it's a bit overwhelming, really. It's just to remember that we have choice. The, the third thing, uh, this is something that I've just found from personal experience of the last five years, is building a business, following online, and having people try and enjoy what you do online, and also building what people call personal brand, you know, Michael Quigley online, who is he? And there's loads of mistakes that I made and things that I got wrong, but there is one main one that I thought would be really, potentially really helpful for you in relation to your digital health if you have a business and you're trying to build your business in a way that's healthy, right? Um, so I'll tell you, the first mistake I made was thinking that I had to do like vlog style things. I did this vlog for like 90 days of video blog, 90 days, every single day for 90 days years ago to try and get comfortable online and build content and things. And I got a really good piece of advice with the guy who said, look, you just talk about stuff. I want to see you doing it. I want you to show me the hill you just run up rather than talking about it. And I thought, well, no, I, I don't want to do that. And then that was the light bulb moment. I realized there are different types of content creators online. Some people will show you exactly what they're doing in their life as they do it, and that's fine. I didn't want to do that at all. I'm actually very private. So I realized I liked talking about an issue or talking to the camera or making a piece of content that would talk on my behalf rather than having my phone or having a camera with me while I was making content. So something to think about in relation to you know how you're engaging online. Are you doing it in a way that you feel comfortable? Because when I started, I didn't, and it took me a while to figure it out. Whereas now, I'm making these podcasts for you, oh, I love it, right? Absolutely love it. So that leads into just the one piece of advice I give, if you'll take it, um, that kind of guides everything I put out online now, all the time. And it's this question, does this I'm about to post, does this have value to somebody beyond myself? Is it just for me, or is it for somebody else? And I always now, every single time I post, think, is this about me or is this about somebody else? Does this have some value to somebody beyond just me? And if the answer is no, I don't post it or I take it down. And you might say, well, how do you actually know if it's got value to somebody beyond yourself? And I came up with five different ways. So if you look at any of my video content, hopefully these podcasts, any of my blogs, anything that I put out, it should hopefully come under these five. And I'd like to hope that by focusing on these five, I'm trying to give value to somebody beyond myself. The first is to educate people. You'll know a load of stuff. <laughs> Share what you know. Try and help educate people. People love to learn. Just look at YouTube. People love to learn. Second thing is just entertaining people. I don't make a lot of this content entertaining people. Hopefully these podcasts are entertaining in a way. But, you know, you see all sorts of funny people and crazy people just doing entertaining stuff. And that's great. The world needs plenty of people like that, right? So you might just want to entertain people. And that's cool. Third way to give value beyond somebody else is to inspire people. People love to be inspired. They love to see things that make you just go, wow, that's really inspirational. I've watched a video only today and it's um, put out by this company where adults are walking around with little children and the children copy every single thing that the adult does. And it's to show the impact that what you do has meaning to children all around. And that really inspired me and reminded me of a very strong message. Fourth way is to motivate people. 
if you're helping to motivate somebody to feel good, to feel better, and to just kind of say, come on, you can keep doing this, that is massively helpful. If you don't believe me, just look at how many people engage with the hashtag Monday Motivation. So if you're motivating people, that can really help. And the final one is just to support people, especially in business. If you take the time to comment, share, retweet, post, subscribe to your friends, your family, your clients in their posts, especially about their business, that is a form of support they will really appreciate, by the way. They really will. As I've been putting out my new book and been posting about it and people been putting comments and supporting me. And it's really kind and it really means a lot. And now we have to be careful, don't we, that we're not doing things for numbers and metrics. But when people take the time, and you can always tell the way they phrase things and what they've said, if they've taken the time to genuinely support your, your content and what you've been doing, it means the world. You know, yourself listen to this. It means a lot that you support me and I'm trying to support you. Okay, so thinking about that, does this have value to somebody beyond myself? Now, the final two things I wanted to do is to help you moving forward with being in control of your digital health. So we're going to look at something called a digital detox. So based on the digital audit, you might be thinking, ah, do you know what, Mike, some of them numbers are not healthy. I'm spending way too much time on my phone. Don't worry, I got you. So these are five things. If you like to detox, means cut down, spend less time. Um, digitally on your devices. These are five ways that I suggest can help. So first one is setting a timer. When you go on social media or when you go on a device, if you set a timer, the moment the timer goes off, it is like a pattern interrupt. So say it's 20 minutes. The moment the timer goes off, you say to yourself, right, get off, get off, get off this. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. There's no end to it. It's very addictive. So if you set a timer, that is a way of kind of you creating a boundary, a parameter and saying, don't go past this amount of time. It can be really good. Second thing is to create places and times where you don't allow your phone. We talked about last week uh, in the bedroom, could be in the bathroom, could be at the dinner table, could be first thing in the morning. It's just to remind you of the choice you've got when engaging in the digital world. So I'd suggest bathroom's a good one. Don't need your phone in the bathroom. <laughs> uh, and bedroom, when you go to bed, they can be really good ones. Third one, again, we talked about last week, was keeping your phone outside of your bedroom at night. Putting it into airplane mode in the hallway, you'll still be able to hear it. Sleep is the most regenerating process in our bodies, and we need to make sure we're getting really good stuff, and nothing can interrupt it a bit more than hearing something going off on your phone. Fourth one is something that I do personally, deleting all of your social media apps from your phone for a day, a week, or the weekend. I start by doing it for a day. Then I build that up to now I do it every weekend, Friday to Sunday. And over the Christmas, winter holidays and special occasions like holidays, uh, I'll delete it for a week or more. Best thing I ever did. And the final one is a nice little health one, which is checking in with yourself after you've just used your phone or your digital device. Just say this, how do I feel? How do I feel? Do you feel better? Do you feel worse? No judgment, just how do you feel? And if it's that you just spent two hours doom scrolling on Instagram, and you don't feel so great, chances are you might want to change something. Or if you feel fine, then all good. But it's just something to check in with. How do you feel? So it leads into the final thing, which is just to remind you and me and all of us that creating some norms digitally, some social norms, the problem with a lot of digital technology is so new that we don't quite know how to react to it. There's just, just suddenly this thing in our lives, we've got it in our house and we go, right, uh, well, what's normal? How do we, how do we use that? So showing sure, my age, right? I'm old enough to remember, I used to have to ring somebody's house if you wanted to speak to them. <laughs> I remember my friends used to ring my house and my brother used to say, the phone calls for you. I remember going on the internet when it first came out and you'd have to choose between going on the internet or going on your phone. Just let that sink in. You couldn't be on your phone in your house 
and on the internet at the same time. You say, get off the phone. I want to go on the internet. Or get off the internet. I want to make a phone call. But those choices were made for us. Or it used to be things like if you took a phone call, you'd go in the next room and say to somebody, sorry, I'll be back in a minute. I'm just taking a phone call. And now we see people, you know, they get take phone calls and text right in the same room as us. So there are a lot of things you could do with that. It could be taking your phone and just putting it in a bowl, like some families do with their children when they get home and they spend family time. But taking a moment to understand that you can set up your own social norms digitally. A simple example of that is I go for a walk or two walks a day without my phone. I have steps on my um, phone, on my watch that count my steps. That's a form of digital technology, but I don't do anything in relation to the internet or anything to do with music, anything like that. And that really does me a lot of good. It's a social norm. It's a thing I've created that's now normal that helps to look after my health. And you'll see, if you listen back to these episodes, you'll see why I called it holistic philosophy. It all ties in together, mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, digitally. It's all just looking after you, isn't it, in in your life. It's all just about looking after you. So I hope that's been helpful for you in helping you to look at some numbers and some metrics around your digital health, just like you would with any part of your health. And the big message, I think, with all of this is about choice. You've got choice in how you use technology and how we make it a part of your life and a part of your health. I think sometimes we don't talk about that choice enough. We talk about things as if some people are doing things to us all the time. No, we always have choice. We always have freedom of choice. So in the next half of this season, I'm very excited because I'm going to be sharing some insights into my new book, Loving Leadership. So if you like this one, Hopefully you'll stick around for that as well. So until we talk again, just remember two things. Just take something from today. Maybe do that digital audit or the digital detox. Or just take some time to think about where you spend your time online and how it's making you feel. And just try something. Change something. Measure something. So it goes. It's like any part of your health. You can improve it if you want to. And even if you don't, just know that right now, just as you are, somebody loves you very, very much. Okay? Take care. And speak soon. today's random positive fact is a good one. A lot of people you might have an Alexa, right? So people always make this joke and say, oh, Alexa's always listening. Well, they do record conversations and and Alexa can record lots of things you say and store it digitally. But did you know you can review and you can block, delete in bulk or individually anything that has been recorded by your Alexa? It's not in control. You are.